Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. And welcome in to the final regular season edition. Pour one out. Uh, a Vikings vent line here on Purple Daily. Kind of a wild back and forth game. And uh, ordinarily, we would do a deep dive into the game. But because the game was irrelevant, we're really just going to gloss past it and talk about the future of the Vikings. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff. This is the most interactive show in Minnesota sports. It's Vikings Vent Line, part of the Purple Daily umbrella of Vikings discussions. If you want to join the show, send us an email, vikingsventline at gmail.com, and Declan will line up a bunch of guests to jump on the show with us. And if you enjoy Vikings Vent Line, please remember Purple Daily is seven days a week on YouTube and podcast. You can find us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. You can find other Score North shows as well at scorenorth.com. And Vikings Ventline is powered, as always, by Corona Hard Seltzer Spiked Sparkling Water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Actually, you know what? I'm just going to peel the curtain back here. Declan Goff went to like five different liquor stores. <laughs> And Corona Hard Seltzer is so popular over the holidays. They were sold out. And so he had to grab an empty can from his trash slash recycling just to give it some screen time here on Purple Daily. So Hey, hey, that means people are consuming Corona Hard Seltzers at an insane rate. And after this Viking season, we'll need multiple Corona Hard Seltzers as we uh, get ready for the next season and the NFL draft. So keep drinking the Corona Hard Seltzers. Thank you to Corona Hard Seltzer. Amen. Amen. All right, boys, uh, let's do this. I think this is a great jumping off point for, I'm guessing, the next several weeks of discussions on Purple Daily, how to fix the Minnesota Vikings and put them into contention once again in 2021 and beyond. And not just nine and seven contention, not just division contention, but Super Bowl contention is what we're talking about on this show. And so let's go around the room real quick. We'll start with Judd. We'll just give our quick thoughts on on just high-level, most important things to look at going into the offseason, which starts tomorrow. And then we want to devote the rest of the show to you guys, Vikings fans. And we don't want to – I mean, if you want to throw a take in about today's game, that's that's fine. But let's let's keep it mostly to what do you think the Vikings should do most important, second most important, third most important things this offseason to get back into immediate Super Bowl contention, if possible. Judd, we'll start with you. What's going on? Not too much. I do have one important question off today's game. How is it when you want the officials to screw you, they don't? <laughs> and the rest of the time, they screw you. 
Like the the Lions got nothing today. It was pretty bad. That, that roughing the passer call is terrible. That was really bad. Marvin Jones caught that football. I mean, my God. Um, it was really so bad. The, the most important thing, if we're going to fix the Vikings and where this conversation, I think, is going to take a lot of twists and turns is I'm almost certain I know what the Vikings are going to do in anticipation of saying that they believe that they're fixed for 2021. They're going to bank on guys defensively coming back. They're going to say that their offense, and they'll be proven correct sort of statistically, is absolutely fine. Uh, my belief, though, is if you want to become a Super Bowl team in 2021 and going forward from there, and you are truly looking at what the other innovative smart teams are doing, that you have a lot of work to do, which I, I think we now throw around the term rebuild. It's become cliche. So I don't like that word now because it's just sort of this catch-all of, well, get terrible and then get good. And I appreciate that path, but I think it's it's become almost a lazy term. So what I would say is the term that the Vikings should be observing here, and I don't think that they are yet, is they should be observing the path that the successful franchises seem to be taking now. So not not going back and checking out what Bill Walsh did in the 80s or what Chuck Knoll did in Pittsburgh with the Steel Curtain. Did you see that? I'm talking about what are teams now that are finding success? What are, are they doing to take those steps and I believe if that's going to be the conversation simply saying well guys are coming back is probably not enough because Phil we've talked about this okay until Mike Zimmer is no longer the coach here this team is going to be built around and predicated on its defense being absolutely awesome and the offense being good but not the greater part but as we've discussed the problem with that formula is that counts on 11 guys playing absolutely lights out almost every week. Like they can have a bad game or two, but not a lot. Um, so I really believe that if we're talking about fixing the Vikings and turning them not into a not into a 10 or 11 win team, but an actual Super Bowl team that is not just a playoff contender, but then takes the next step and runs the table to a championship, uh, there is a lot of different thought processes that need to take place, and there is a lot of work that needs to take place. And I will go on record right now as saying I don't think Spielman and Zimmer are going to see that. I think they're going to say 2020 was a weird uh, pandemic-impacted season yeah. and that they'll come back and be fine with their guys back. I mean, as Mike said, after the Saints debacle, Phil, I don't have my guys. I, I need my guys. So in his mind, if he has his guys, he's going to be fine. Yeah, I think so. Where, where I'm at here, I, I just I'm I'm trying to zoom out as much as possible because there's so many things to get into for this offseason. I think the most important thing to consider is when you get some of these good veteran defensive players back, Daniel Hunter, Michael Pierce. People kind of forget Eric Hendricks. Like the Vikings went off a cliff in December, and that coincided with Eric Hendricks missing games as well. So do, do they win an extra game or two and? and sneak into the playoffs if Eric Kendricks doesn't miss basically the whole month of December. So you get you get these guys back, and your cornerbacks get a year older. I think we all figure Cam Dantzler is going to be your number one cornerback going into next season. Uh, Jeff Gladney showed some signs. So you could make a very strong case that by just young guys getting a little older, another year in the system, and then Daniil Hunter coming back from injury, Michael Pierce, Eric Kendricks, that this becomes a fringe top 10 defense again just by flipping on the light switch. And so you have to balance, 
are those guys coming back? Is that the magic elixir? And then you, you you draft for need in the first round, and you know maybe you draft an offensive lineman that helps you immediately in 2021, and then uh, you do some restructuring of your salary cap. You say goodbye to Kyle Rudolph. Um, you figure out you know what to do with Riley Reef's big cap number. Maybe you can get out from underneath eight million dollars of Anthony Barr's contract. Like there's things you can do to free up some money. Can you go get, get an impact free agent of some kind? Are those things going to put you into Super Bowl contention, or are those things going to put you into wild card contention and maybe win a playoff game contention? That's what I'm trying to figure out this off season. Is like, it, it, are the bones there, and they just have to add some of these things back to win a Super Bowl, or is it the bones and the DNA of a really good ten and six team if you get these things back, and you're just headed down the same path as you've always headed down? Uh, you know, save for like the once every 10 year appearance in the NFC championship game. I tend to lean toward you're going down a path schematically and personnel wise that is really good for contending for a wild card spot and maybe even a 10 and six record. But you're not just going to get these guys back and automatically be in the mix with the Chiefs and with some of these other top teams in the NFL. Dex, what do you think? I mean, the easy answer is to say, yeah, you'll get your guys back on defense. Maybe go get an offensive guard or two. I mean, and, and you plug and play there. But, I mean, we talked about before that the defense needs every working piece in order to be successful. And also, Zimmer's defenses have been gashed in big games like in the NFC Championship game. And I know fans don't want to see this, and I, he had a good year, but until you change your quarterback, until you change your offensive philosophy too, of, instead of it being a run-first team, I think you're always going to be stuck perpetually in being that 9-7, and 10-6, and wild-carder bust kind of team and until they actually get a quarterback that is mobile and that is oh has awareness and is able to change the game per se, like I think Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. He's obviously one of the top fifteen quarterbacks in the world. We all know that, but I've seen enough to say he's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And I've yet to really see a case where he can pull out a Joe Flacco or an Eli Manning like running him. And I think the season shows it. I mean, he wasn't able to do that. So until they change that quarterback and that philosophy. I have a tough time really believing that this team can be a Super Bowl. And this was a guy who was sipping the Kool-Aid in the preseason. And see what a lot of people would say, and I'm and we'll yield to Vikings fans here for the rest of the show, but what a lot of people would say is, dude, this guy was lights out from the bye week going forward. He just ended the season against yeah. the Lions, I get it, and everyone had tea times. But like he just put up 400 yards without Dalvin Cook, and people are going to say, what do you mean he can't win a Super Bowl? Get this guy a top 10 defense and get him some actual good offensive linemen and he absolutely can win a Super Bowl. And then the question becomes, okay, let's 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 go down that path. How do you get a top 10 defense? And then how do you get the two or three extra offensive linemen needed when you only have one pick in the first two rounds and you only have a limited amount of salary cap space to spend on those things? Like that's the conundrum. And do do you feature do you put a priority on featuring that quarterback to make him as successful as possible and the answer right now is no you don't you you believe in I don't care what the ultimate stats are if you watch the Vikings on a weekly basis you you know that offensively the head coach puts a priority on the run game and that's his baby and look I, I mean this is all this is all going down a path that we can see coming crystal clear right I mean in a year or two Jefferson rightfully so is going to say what are we doing here which is what Diggs said, which is the accurate thing. So th- this, to me, now goes well beyond Kirk Cousins and Kirk Cousins' play. This now is a question about philosophically, do you look at, at, the, at the position at which you're paying a guy a ton and say we need to feature him, 
Or do you look and say, I need to tolerate him? And right now, what Mike has said when it comes to everybody but Teddy is, I need to tolerate him. And that is not a way to operate in 2020-21 in this league. It doesn't work that way. Look, 2014 now, Phil and Dex, is a long time ago. And Mike was hired at that time to do his thing defensively. I would argue that that the game and that the league has shifted. And it's not Mike's fault, but he is also not the type to sit down and say, I have to adjust and adapt and change my philosophy. His philosophy is ingrained, and I don't see it changing. And yes, it can get you in the playoffs, but if we're talking about the ultimate goal of this show, which is a Super Bowl championship, I don't see how the formula works. Mm -hmm. Uh, Colonel KFC chimes in in the YouTube comment section here. Where's Kirk's credit for Jefferson's production? Yes, Kirk deserves some credit for Justin Jefferson. I would also argue that Justin Jefferson's probably elevating Kirk Cousins quite a bit, too. So both guys are benefiting from from having each other, especially the second half of the season. Justin Jefferson, huge shout out. He becomes, in the Super Bowl era, the uh, top rookie wide receiver in NFL history in terms of yardage. And he basically mm-hmm. didn't get any targets the first two weeks. He, he played about 14 games or something. He played yeah. like 14 games. Yeah. It's incredible. He's incredible. It's, it's amazing. Guy. So uh, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff, we're sitting here. We are sipping on Corona hard seltzer, or at least Declan is smashing empty cans against his forehead. And uh, we're recapping a Viking season, but mostly looking ahead to 2021 and beyond. With the mission statement being Super Bowl, how do you get back into Super Bowl contention? And we're going to kick off the how to fix the Vikings discussions today right here on Ventline. And we just want to spend the rest of the show getting your guys' thoughts. We have a full green room full of Vikings fans, and we just we, we don't really care about like bad officiating against the Lions today. We just want to talk about your thoughts on how to get this team back in the mix. So, Dex, who do we got first? Let's start off with uh, Carter. Carter, you're on Vikings Vent Line, my man. You guys can hear me, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's up, Carter? So we can get rid of Kyle Rudolph now, right? <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, yeah. Conklin and it, Irv Smith. It just yeah. seems like they're way more productive on being in the passing game. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm i sorry. I'm a little distracted. I had food in front of me. Uh, <laughs> I didn't care about the game at all. I just wanted to see what we could what we could do, Jefferson is an absolute stud. I, we're not going to be able to pay him if we keep Kirk Cousins at all. Jefferson, yeah, that's five years though. Yeah, you don't have to worry Kirk about that. Won't be here by then. So if Spielman is, we might. No, no. <laughs> what you should focus on and be concerned about is long before that contract is done, that Jefferson does what Diggs did, which is go to Spielman and Zim and say, "What are you guys doing here?" And they're going to say, we're running the football, Justin. And Justin's going to say, that's not my specialty, guys. So I, I'd be far more concerned about him being disgruntled about how the Vikings run their offense than him bolting because of Kirk. Carter, what position would you look to draft in the first round? Um, I, I would be looking at another safety. <laughs> I know I, I'm, not, I'm not all for the defensive because it's an offensive league, but safety is one of the most important, important defenses positions on defense mm-hmm. and with Smith only having maybe another year or two left in his belt and Harrison's going to be gone after this with the franchise tag they're not going to have anybody in depth up there 
Yeah, by the way, uh, and Carter, thanks for leading us off here on Vikings. You, Anthony Harris, I think the, the narrative started, well, a year ago, the conversation was, boy, are they going to franchise him or maybe trade him for like a second round pick or something? Because he was one of the best safeties in the NFL last year. Bad year. Oof, what a bad year for him. There's no way he comes back. So, all right, Dex, who do we got next year as we look to fix the Vikings going into 2021? Let's go to a loyal listener, Ben in Florida. Ben, what's going on, man? All right, guys. Um, here's what I have. All right. After this game, after the press conference is over, Mike Zimmer's going to go in. He's going to have a meeting with the Wills. And the analytics department is going to be in that meeting. Okay. And the analytics department is going to lay down all of the offensive faults that have happened based on Mike Zimmer's philosophy. And they're going to point up all the teams that are in the playoffs or at the top seed of the NFC and how they run their offense. And the analytics department is going to say, Mike, you can't run an offense this way if you want to be a Super Bowl contender. We think we can win with Kirk Cousins. We really do. We really think we can. We have this awesome receiver, Justin Jefferson. We got this other awesome receiver, Adam Thielen. We have two good tight ends. We need to go get a guard in free agency. We have a great running game, great running back. We got, we got this great office to put up 35 points a game. Mike, we can't do this running thing anymore. And if Zimmer objects to that, then the Wilson to say, Mike, we're going to have to send you back in on Black Monday because this is not how we're going to win anymore. That's how the Vikings fix their – that's how the Vikings get the Super Bowl contender. The <laughs> analytics department needs – Mike Zimmer needs to accept analytics because if he doesn't, the Wilson need to send him back in. This, this, because we're not good. This is not a simple of get guys healthy. We yeah. need to be more efficient on offense because he can scheme them to be average on defense. Mm-hmm. Average defense wins and can can win, but they're too talented on offense to be 15th in scoring. They're just way too talented. Mm-hmm. So this is a you need anal- We need analytics, Mike. You know, what's funny is that like the Vikings actually are very much behind the scenes, all in on analytics and gathering data. But from various reports and different accounts that, that we've heard from behind the scenes, the information isn't always accepted and disseminated, shall we say, in the way that maybe other teams like the Ravens might use the same information. And Ben, I, I think that the Wilfs and I think the Vikings have had the exact meeting that you're talking about with Zim the past couple of years. And I think that they've accepted that he he basically has said, I'll adjust and do some, but not all. So, yeah, I think that you're right. Unfortunately, I think the Wilfs had their opportunity to tell Mike, if you don't adjust to what we think is the future of football, you're probably you're gone. That's a conversation that took place and they didn't do it. And so now you're sort of stuck here. And don't forget too, the contract extension, Ben, starts next year. Okay, mm-hmm. next year. They ain't firing a guy during a pandemic with now three years left, maybe two years, but the contract extension starts next season. You got yeah. three years. You ain't starting to pay him and then bring in an entirely new staff. That's expensive. Also, it's really easy. Like the argument for Zimmer is so easy. He said, hey, man, we we went seven and nine. Despite all these crazy things that happened in a pandemic year, we drafted 15 rookies. I lost a bunch of my best defensive players. And we started one and five because the quarterback threw 11 interceptions in the first like month and a half. And we still almost made the playoffs like his argument for staying is is pretty ironclad. So I think there's almost a zero percent chance that Mike Zimmer gets fired. Yeah, but he's he's a he's a coach that raises a team's floor. But I just feel like over the last seven years, they haven't reached their ceiling as often as they should. For sure. 
like 13 and three was like 2017 was awesome, but they haven't had a 11 win season or 12 win season since, despite having pretty good players on the roster. Yeah. So Ben, Hey man, we appreciate your insight. You're one of our best callers here on Vikings vent line. And we'll talk to you again sometime soon. All right. Thanks Ben. Guys. Hey, real quick, you guys, I want to just address this comment from Matthew on the screen here. This is from our YouTube page, youtube.com slash purple daily podcast. And he's referring to Deshaun Watson here. I believe Deshaun Watson is a perfect example of how bad it can be if you draft a quarterback. Uh, if you draft a top quarterback, you can't get to five wins. I just want to like, because we're going to have all these discussions about if one of those stud quarterbacks is available, if a Zach Wilson or a Justin Fields is sitting there, you know, should you go for the rookie contract young quarterback? And I just want to say that the Vikings have been so much better and more competent as a franchise when it comes to roster building. I don't think you can put them in the same sentence as the Texans in this case, and they've just eroded their roster or the Jets or the Browns and say, well, look what happens if you whiff on a quarterback or if you, you know, if you draft a guy and then you don't build like the the Vikings have shown for years, basically ever since Rick Spielman took over influence in the front office that they can put a competitive roster on the field. And the biggest question mark up until Kirk Cousins, you know, down the stretch this year has played really well. The biggest question has been, is there a long-term top 10 answer at quarterback to put with the really good roster? And when they find those guys like Brett Favre in 2009 or uh, you know the way that Case Keenum was schemed up in 2017, they can go far. So I just like what I don't want to hear is, well, I mean, look at the Jets. You whiff on Sam Darnold. Okay, the Vikings whiffed on Tavares Jackson and Christian Ponder and Teddy Bridgewater blew his knee out after two years. None of those shipwrecked the franchise because – they're great at building rosters. Yeah. So I just I just want to throw that out there in the discussion about drafting a quarterback. But I think that Rick stays away now from drafting a QB because he his fear is that he whiffs again and then he's gone. So I think Kirk is coming back because Kirk is good. Kirk's not bad. But my bigger problem now with Kirk, though, is, is again, examining your approach to the sport of football right now. Does Kirk Cousins play the style of game that is going to win you a Super Bowl if you do not give him an offensive line that's damn near perfect? The answer is no. So, like, I mean, the Vikings need to sit down and have deep internal kumbaya philosophical discussions. Like, this is a this is a how do we run football ops? And I think they've got some of it right. But I also think that now, when it comes to quarterback, when it comes to reliance on defense, they're not adjusting. This is this, in some ways, is what happened to the Twins. It really is, guys. It really is, right? The Twins were incredibly well. The Twins way. Terry Ryan, unbelievable. Look at what he does. Look at what he does. But they didn't turn the corner. They didn't. Everybody else turned and and went off on their own and said, no, here's how we're doing it now. And the Twins were like, oh, no, no, this is not how we do it. So I do think the Vikings need to look long and hard internally at how they approach things and also say, since we hired Mike, in 2014, Phil, what's changed? A lot has. Okay, mm -hmm. have we changed? Are we adapting with it, or are we trying to say we're not going there? Because that is not – to say we're not going there is not an answer that's going to work. It's going to bite you right in the butt. Yeah. Also worth noting here, and Nuge1717 on YouTube says, Kirk doesn't suck, but he's not the answer. And I think it's like we and we're probably guilty of this. This Kirk Cousins discussion is not really a black and white discussion. It's a shades of gray. If there was no salary cap and you could just spend as much money as you wanted, well, then you would you would 
be able to potentially eat that cousin's money and also add in free agency to your offensive line and defensive line. But the problem is you're all playing within this cap structure. And so even though the going rate, quote unquote, for a franchise quarterback is about what cousins makes, is he good enough to overcome all these other things you have to fix? You have to weigh that. And then you have to weigh if the answer is no. And I think the answer is no meaning like he can't overcome a bad defense. He can't overcome an offensive line because he's not mobile enough, right? Do you have enough resources in draft capital and in cap space to fix those things to put him in the best spot to potentially win you a Super Bowl? And like that's going to be their entire offseason trying to figure out that equation. Uh, Dex, who do we got next here on Vikings Vent Line? How to fix the Vikings edition? All right. We got loyal listener Bob, who I believe is in his hot tub right now with his Vikings flag in the background. Bob, do you have us? Yeah, baby. Bob, <laughs> you, you son of a bitch, Bob. <laughs> yeah. Bob, I just have one question. Just one question for you, okay? Are you clothed underneath that water? Oh, yeah, okay. I got my army. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't go in. I don't go on my birthday suit. No way. Can't do it. Gotta have undercover. Hey, so so how so how would you go about fixing the Vikings, getting them back into Super Bowl contention? When you were calling in during the thirteen and three season, the run to the NFC Championship game, how do we get this team back to that point? Here's how: get a new offensive coordinator and act like the Buffalo Bills today. <laughs> when they were down seven and three in the second quarter, with about nine minutes left. On an eight-play drive that they ran out of the shotgun six times, they went right down the field, passed eight times. Now they're up 14-3. Two series later, a punt return for a touchdown. Bills are up 21-3. The following series, and this is what this is how you fix the Vikings in an offensively heavily weighted league where you win Super Bowls by outscoring your opponents. Not by fielding a defense like they used to in Metropolitan Stadium, but by scoring 50 or 60. Who knows? So if Bills are up 21-3, the following drive, he throws a 50-yard bomb to ice the game and get the second seed. Now they're up 28-3, game over, Bills are the second seed. That is how you approach <laughs> a, uh, a season next year to prepare your team to win a Super Bowl. Win it with your offense, not your defense, Zimmer. I'm sorry. That's how you win it. Mm-hmm. Which, proves yeah. ag- which proves again that Stefan Diggs was right. Yeah. You, you might not approve of how he went about his business, but Stefan Diggs was exactly correct. What What's the drink there, Bob? He's the leading receiver in the league. He's only the leading receiver in the league. I mean, what's what the drink, Bob? What's in the glass? What's in the glass? I'm starting the day off with a uh, a Canadian lager, Moosehead. Oh, oh Moosehead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good, good you stuff. Moosehead, oh, yeah. you guys are near Canada. You're a hell of a lot closer than I am to Canada. Oh, yeah. But then yeah. the nightcap will be a Heineken. So, <laughs> you know, I can't drink those hard seltzers. I don't, I just, I'm not into it. We'll get you. Uh, we'll get you indoctrined. If the Vikings we'll make a Super Bowl run, we'll get, we'll, get, we'll get you to pour some Corona hard seltzer over your head in the hot tub. Look, I I think that 
if we just throw the ball more on first down, out of the shotgun, open up the offense, and try to outscore a winning team when we're playing a winning team, throw the ball more on first down, throw some seam routes, go deep on first down, just open up the offense. I mean, over the last 10 years, this team has been so conservative and predictable. I I couldn't watch them this year. I didn't watch them this year. That's why I watched the Bills game. Who even won the Vikings game today? I don't even know. I the follow ref- you guys. The, the, you know, the referees actually won the Vikings game today. They were right. they were great. I mean, it, it didn't matter, but, you know, I'll take a win. If we did win, did we win? Yeah. Yeah, the loss right, would have been but, nice for draft positioning, hey, Bob. I'm going to. Here's to a win. There, there you go. There Appreciate it, Bob. You know what's funny? And, Bob, we love you, man. Thanks for chiming in from your hot tub. We'll talk to you again sometime soon. Yeah, don't be a stranger. You guys. You're All right, to Bob. Bob in Pennsylvania. Bob in the hot tub. The amazing thing is, to I think, Judd, you were just making this point. So we're three years into the Kirk Cousins experiment. Kirk was brought in to take a team that went to the NFC Championship game and elevate them to a Super Bowl level. In fairness to Kirk, now that we're into year three here, the team that he took over and sat in the cockpit, you know, the, the, the plane full of players, um, that team is no longer in existence. That defense is no longer number one. It's no longer top half. Um, you could argue that the offensive weapons are probably just the same, if not better, um, with with healthy Dalvin Cook for the most part. But they've always they've always treated him like a Brad Johnson type in the way that they scheme. They've always treated him like they treated with Brad Childress, some of those non Brett Favre quarterbacks, right? Where it's like, all right, we're just going to go in and uh, you know, we know you can make some throws, but we're going to, and the only time they ever really empowered Kirk. And really you could even say like in Mike Zimmer's tenure as a head coach, he never, he never empowered Bridgewater fully because they were catering to Peterson and defense for a long time that the only time they ever really said, all right, we're going to give Kirk the keys and we're going to let Kirk cook was John Filippo first half of the season, 2018. And they were throwing the ball more than almost any team in the NFL with mixed results, but it was first year in a system, right? And Mike Zimmer was so uncomfortable with that offensive approach. He fired Filippo in the middle of the season. Didn't run enough. And and, but, but here, so here's the question that we don't know the answer to. If you empower Kirk for 16 games, what do you get? We don't what know. Do, what do you but but that's the point is we don't and, know. And and what but what Mike sees is he sees the snippet in big games of Kirk being empowered where Kirk fails and he says no. I, I mean Kevin Stefanski ultimately did what what Kubiak suggested I think from a play calling standpoint but or a schematic standpoint. But make no mistake. Zimmer was in charge of how Stefanski ran the offense in 2019. So, we get to the start of this year, the first 6 games, right? And it's now Kubiak's show. And I think Gary spent those first six games basically calling plays like Gary likes to. And they were one and five. And they got to the bye week and Mike said, Coops, we, we run the ball here. Mm-hmm. That's our specialty. Our our best dish here at the Viking restaurant is run the ball with Dalvin Cook. And, and so we don't know. But, I, but what's scary about how much they pay Kirk and should but don't rely on Kirk his indications are that when the head coach has turned him loose in the head coach's mind, he has failed it. And and this is where, like, and I don't know. My personal opinion is that when put in that spot where, all right, dude, you're the guy, you're the leader, and everything's going to revolve around you in the biggest spots, 
I think he has a better chance now in year three going into year four of a, well, it would be year kind of like year two going into year three of a similar system. Right. Um, I would, I would trust him more than I did a couple of years ago, but I still don't think it results in all of a sudden he becomes a top five quarterback and the Vikings win a Super Bowl. but you can't, whatever you do, you can't just run it back with all the same characters next year. What I would look to, what I would look to try, if you're going to say, listen, Spielman, Zimmer, Cousins, all you guys are coming back, and I think that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I would look to take the training wheels off of Kirk. Now that you have Jefferson and Thielen and a couple of pass catching tight ends, I would look to bolster offensive line pass blocking in the offseason. Mm-hmm. I would probably not be adding any defensive players in free agency unless it was like veteran minimum deals because I'm looking to bolster my protection of Kirk if I'm going to run this thing back. In 2021, first round pick is an offensive lineman, if that's the case. And any cap space I have is probably devoted to an offensive lineman. Speaking of, and and this is uh, potentially reckless speculation as it gets, but it's from Schefter. Did you guys see the tweet today that said there is an expectation that that, um, the Jets are going to make a substantial offseason move, including the potential of shopping the second? overall pick i did not and i will tell you gentlemen right now that there is a certain pro bowl coming off a neck problem um pro bowl defensive end who's going to walk into the offices here i think shortly in egan and say i want kirk money and the vikings are going to say daniel we can't pay that right now all i'm saying is that there was a certain there was a certain show in this town that a few weeks back speculated on this and sort of shot it down as if to say, nah, no chance. There is a chance. Because if you start a package with your first round pick, Daniil Hunter, probably have to be juicier too. But I'm just saying that second overall pick might be there. So what do you, what would you do with it? What would you, if, if you called the Jets? Well, that's and I, and by the way, Schefter's not just problem. like, Schefter's yeah, not just problem. waking up on a Sunday morning and, you know, reading the tea leaves like, well, the that's, Jets, what, we, that's what we do, Phil. <laughs> why, why wouldn't Schefter do that? But like if the Jets were interested in one of the great pass rushers of this era and whatever else it would take, I suppose it kind of depends on what what the other offers are, but it's probably your first round pick and Daniil Hunter, right? And maybe a future. Are you you trading up? You're only doing that for a quarterback, right? You're only doing that for like Justin Field. You're not going to do it for an offensive lineman, I don't think. I think you're just waiting for the draft to fall to you. I agree with you. Yeah. I love it. Oh, yes, this, we're, we're going to unpack all this stuff all week. Oh, I so don't think the people who run the Vikings could do it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Who's next? Who's next on Vikings Ventline? Fix the Vikings edition. Let's go to uh, Chanix. Chanix, you're back on Ventline. What's hey, going on, happy new year, everyone. You too, Chanix. So I was basically going to be talking about like all the stuff you were talking about, about like if we're going to ever trade down, especially since we don't have a second pick and what are we basically going to do? But but the reality of it is we're going to have all three of them back. The trifecta. They're all going to come back. And if that's the problem, I think we definitely need to do what Phil is saying. We need to, like, fix the O-line for at least, like, shut up all the people who are like, oh, it's an O-line fault. It's not Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is the savior of fourth down, man. So it's not his fault. So if that's the case, I think we should try our best to not spend – so much money and sign all these people and tried our very best to just save Kirk and try to maintain his spot. But at the same time, have Rick also think really hard because beside Teddy, he hasn't really signed like a quarterback. 
or, or not or draft a quarterback yet. So someone to just have behind just to good to have for Cousins, not to say replace Cousins, but just to say, let's build a good quarterback like how Green Bay did it. What's you your pro- what's your problem with uh, Sean Mannion? You got uh... I never seen him play. What do you mean? I don't really <laughs> What about uh, Browning? Browning or the uh, Nate Stanley? Come on, yeah, right. Give me give me, that, I, give me give me the Iowa quarterback. There we go. Right, all those guys. But like the Browns, I haven't seen any of them play. So, but North we North need Washington. to think. We need to think of a future, and our, with our caps and all the problems, like we can't. We need to really think about how we're going to spend our money to make. Make it work for next year because clearly they're a fair conservative. Clearly, they don't really, they're all looking for their job, and that's true. But their job should also be looking towards we need a Super Bowl for our team, not just for our team, but for the fans, for all the people who are fencing for the last two weeks who are literally crying and anger and all that. That's who they should be thinking of. But I get it, it's also your job. Yeah. But it's also very easy to blame all these other things. So, yeah. yeah. Chanix, thanks for coming on, man. And thanks for all yeah. your takes all season. We yep. appreciate it. See you, Chanix. Been, been uh, a regular all season. Hey, you guys, to, to make it very clear, we are not all blaming Kirk here. Like, Kirk is a linchpin. He is the QB. So we're, we're going to talk about him a, a lot. I blame, but, him for the, I blame him for the one in five start. But I mean, let's not forget about that. I started this show by saying the Vikings need to internally, as a franchise, examine their entire philosophy towards football. Like, that's not just the quarterback. They they need to examine if the blueprint that they have, they have a blueprint. I mean, we all have it, too. Um, they need to decide if that is the correct blueprint to try and win a Super Bowl now. Not in 75, not in 85, because it was back then. Um, but we, we continue to, to get... Uh, comments that I see about Cousins and you're blaming Cousins. Look, Cousins is a discussion point. He has to be. Uh, He makes a ton and and he plays arguably the most important position in all of sports. But at least speaking for myself, I am saying this franchise needs to do a deep dive into how they run things. Hey, to your your point here, DJ Duddy chimes in on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Why does Adam Thielen have so little yards? Because the Vikings heading into today's game had the fifth fewest pass attempts of any team in the NFL. Yeah. They don't throw the ball as often as other teams do. And so that means fewer chances. And, and they're not balanced. And, that's that's very true, Phil. And they've been leaning, I think rightfully so, much more toward Justin Jefferson in the second half of the season. So Thielen wound up, I think he's I think he's gonna wind up leading the NFL in touchdown catches. I'd have to go look at the latest after today, but um but you know, they just like it's a it's a game of chance. He just he, there's there's a hundred more targets to go around with the Chiefs because they're throwing the ball more because they have Patrick Mahomes and they're and they're set up. historically Andy Reid has always even even to a to a fault has leaned towards throwing the ball over running the ball um, even back back with his his Donovan McNabb Eagles offenses in the early 2000s. But what but what's the thing that, that coaches have harped on constantly in this sport? Right, it's balance. Right, we got to be balanced. We got to be balanced. We got to be the the Vikings offensively are not. They 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 approach the sport as if they have a quarterback who's probably in the bottom third of the league payroll wise. Mm-hmm. But like if you if you are a Cousins fan, you should not be pleased. Um, there is no way that if you sat Kirk down and just said, "Okay, off the record, are you happy?" He would say no, and he shouldn't be. 
this team cannot decide it's got it's got the bright shiny car but it doesn't drive it yeah and, it, and so, it, but that's the but the balance thing like when you look at the statistics they are not a balanced team offensively and and they really aren't when it matters and that is a big deal that is going to that is going to hold you back in key games and we've seen it yeah, and you know what? If if, if we're if we're going to do an in fairness to Kirk section of discussions this offseason, in fairness to Kirk, if I'm Kirk and I get a chance to air my grievances to the front office and the coaching staff, if there's like a 2020 exit interview, you know, what went right, what went wrong, and let me express my thoughts, I would say, why are Drew Samia and Dakota Dozier key cogs in protecting pressure up the middle when I'm trying to drop back? Guys, I'm not Russell Wilson. I'm not Lamar Jackson. Listen, I... I I was uh, I was more mobile this year than I was maybe uh, last year or at any point. I was scooting around, gaining five yards and first downs, but I'm not going to be able to outrun up the middle pressure. And so you better get an actual NFL player to play left guard and right guard. And by the way, Garrett Bradbury took some steps forward this season, but man, that guy is still bad at pass protection overall. <laughs> Which is so, a big deal for Kirk. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> you're just a little bit of a problem. So if I'm Kirk, like in fairness to Kirk, uh, if he doesn't have those things as prerequisites, he's not going to be able to perform at his best. And of course, the Vikings, despite these things, still put up really good numbers offensively. And I think what we're saying is, great, you can rebuild the defense to some extent, but you should be doing everything you can to maximize the offensive talent you have right now. And it's like they're restricting how far the offense can go by their antiquated schemes and the fact that they run the ball on 90% of their second and ones like what like all these things that don't add up to a modern offensive strategy anyways who's next Dak? let's go to uh chancy who i believe is braving the outdoors right now in north dakota chancy where are you at out in the snowmobile trails uh calling you guys today so i did watch most of the game and then listen to some of it on the radio but uh so I promised 16 weeks, and I only got 14 because I missed the deer stand and the uh, Christmas holiday. But I appreciate you guys' show. It's been great being on all year and uh, talking about the purple. So a couple ideas on making them better uh, for next year. One is having COVID end and getting fans in U.S. Bank Stadium because I do think the team, more than a lot of other teams in the NFL, does feed off the crowd noise. Mm-hmm. I think the defensive line, as porous as they were, would have had a higher sack total if the uh, – the bank was filled up so yeah dude like remember the first game of the season when aaron Rodgers comes into an empty u.s bank stadium and he's making i think he got the vikings to jump off sides twice in their own stadium with hard counts and it was like okay yep but that advantage is gone and maybe even with veteran quarterbacks it becomes a disadvantage for you right so here's my idea number two this one's a little out of the box see i'm trying to think of oh do we not draft a quarterback or not Forget that. I'm trying to think a little bit more out of the box to give you guys some new material here, right? I want to hire a new coaching position, and it's going to be called my two-point conversion coordinator. And I'm going into next season, and I'm going to be the first team in the NFL to no longer kick extra points. It's not just Dan Bailey. I mean, I that is leading into it, the fact that I can't watch any more kick sale left or right. But You'd want to Yeah, but just let's just think about it. I mean, if you could get better at that than any other team, and you continually went for two, that could give you a leg up in a lot of these games, and you could be an innovative team there. Um, so that might be another idea on something just to do totally different, right? Just let's say, you know, when they move those extra points back, they're getting more difficult. Forget it. We're not doing that anymore. If we can figure out a way to hit on 70% of our two-point conversions, that would be a huge advantage for the whole season. Mm-hmm. And number three, 
this is an old trick from a lot of sports, right? Forget, the, okay, we Kirk, we can draft a guy. How about the old change of scenery uh, situation? You hear it every once in a while, right? And I'm going to throw out a crazy idea. That team you were playing today, uh, Kirk played for Michigan State. I say you call up Detroit and you offer Kirk for Mr. Stafford straight up. They both make a lot of money. The contracts are very comparable. Detroit hasn't done anything with them. They're, you know, stuck in neutral. Maybe it's just the old situation where you go, let's just change the scenery for both guys. We send Kirk back to Michigan State, where he, the state where he played in college. Stafford comes over here. I believe in Stafford. He's just been stuck in a poor organization his whole career where they can't support him. You unleash him with some weapons and a better support staff, that could be an answer. And that doesn't require all the other things in multiple algorithms we're talking about here. So what about like something like that? I will say that Stafford's always been intriguing and in that if mm-hmm. he if he were to have gone to a different franchise from the get go, if like some of it's just if you get drafted by the Browns or the Lions, you're just you're just screwed. If you were drafted by a more competent franchise and I would put the Vikings like the Vikings have had much more in terms of resources and roster, that would be something I'd love to go run back like 10 years ago. I don't know that he really drastically changes the landscape compared to Kirk in 2021, but and, and I'm I don't, all for reckless speculation. And I don't want an expensive QB um, be, because if I get a Stafford or I get a Wentz or I keep Cousins, I still have to protect him. And then I can't, then I'm not going to go out and get the guys that I need to protect him. That That's why th- this is all, a bit of a puzzle of a, of how you put your salary structures together, Chanty. Yeah. Um, and it's why I would be like, you're paying cook. Now Hunter wants to get paid. You're paying cousins. You're paying this guy and that guy at some point in time, you can't pay everybody because you know, if, if Stafford is the QB here, he's going to get mauled too with this, you know, Dakota Dozier can't block. Like he just can't. I so, agree with you guys. I will That's say one thing, one thing about the draft idea. I, I would say if before I ever went in the draft room, and I assume that every team does this anyway, you would just list out the quarterbacks, whether it's Zach Wilson or Fields or some, you know, maybe if it's the NDSU kid. If you do believe in him and your scouts believe in him, you just have to have made the decision ahead of time that if he falls to us, we're taking period. It shouldn't be a decision that's made at the last minute, right? Mm-hmm. Or it should be a decision where you say if he falls two spots ahead of us, he's there. We're going to do whatever it takes, right? That decision should be made a month ahead of time. It should be easy. And then otherwise, you're, you're just moving on. You're not reaching for another guy because you're trapped in quarterback no matter what. Right. You've only identified the guy you want. And if they're not there, you say, forget it. We're going to the guard. So, but mm-hmm. Well, point. Chancey, enjoy the rest of your snowmobile venture today. And uh, we'll talk to you again. We're, we, just for people, we, we're, we're formulating plans to at least keep Ventline alive in some form during the offseason for sure for like – some of the peak events, whether it's the draft or the schedule release and, and free agency, but we're we're formulating our plans for the offseason. So we can we can get you on one of these one of these other times. That would be fun. Thank you guys for good work all year. Appreciate it. So thanks, Chanty. Appreciate it, man. Hey, hey real quick. Yep. This comment on the screen here from Michael Harrington on YouTube. Vikings are a competent organization. Yes. Are they a championship organization? No. But dude, watch the Jets for five minutes. Like that's an incompetent franchise. So there's, I don't know how many categories of franchises, but there's championship level franchises. The Vikings aren't on that level. There's winning and competitive and competent franchises. That's where the Vikings fall. They still have 
holes and they still have blind spots drafting quarterbacks, offensive line. Like there's definitely blind spots, but to say that they aren't a competent organization, I think is very inaccurate. Just want to throw that out. They're competent. I don't know right now that they are as adaptable as they probably need to be. So, Mm -hmm. but, but that's not incompetent. That that's just, are you adjusting? And I would say that right now with the direction of this league, there's a case to be made that they don't adjust enough. And that's starting to become a problem because of, again, the salary cap, they are making decisions based on how they think life should go versus the reality of how it's actually going as far as the sport. Hit to Chancey's point too about Matthew Stafford and a possible trade or a contract. He does have an opt-out going into this next season, so he could opt out. I don't think he would because he would make $33 million next season. But in the, in that in his hypothetical world, so he's on the hook for $33 million next season. But in 2022, if you wanted to bail, like and that's the Lions or the Vikings in this situation, it's only $6 million against the cap. I don't think I do this trade just because even though I do, I like Stafford more than Cousins, but I don't think Stafford elevates the Vikings more to where they need to be. No, no, it's uh, this, this all to me, this all comes down to one thing. If you're going to change quarterbacks and like Jimmy Garoppolo is another guy, although I think, I don't yeah. think his money's guaranteed. Uh, people are going to throw out um, other names that are sort of like Philip Rivers, like, no, if you're going to change quarterbacks, it's got to be for a rookie scale contract guy with tons of upside and preferably mobility. That's the only like I'm not looking to just get rid of Kirk Cousins here. And I also I just want to also mention because we spent a lot of time on offense. The defense is the biggest reason why the Vikings didn't win more games this year. And the defense has guys coming back. So they're going to take a step forward. Um, but in an offensive league and in a league where at the end of the game, your quarterback is the one with the ball in his hand. And when you get watch these playoff games that are coming up, all right, it's not going to be a run and defensive like the teams that run the ball and play the best defense. It's the teams with the best quarterbacks that also rush the passer the best on the other side that are going to make it through the bracket. And if they did change QBs, I guess my question is this. Would you would you then make that guy happy by relying and having confidence in what he can do because cousins, they don't. Yeah. And like, so like, why, so like, why would you not? Like, it doesn't make but, sense. But I mean, you've got Thielen and Jefferson and, and Irv Smith jr. And Conklin. Um, if I brought another older QB in, unless that guy was dirt cheap, you would basically have to say, we're going to do more to feature you at quarterback to make those guys look good than we did previously like this can't be this this cannot be the dalvin cook show he's really good and he deserves to carry the ball don't i'm not saying that he doesn't but we never had a discussion when when he got that contract we never said that he was not a really good player damn near great probably that wasn't our point our point was what are you doing exactly as far as your intention for how you're going to run this offense which we've now seen and which doesn't consistently make sense so I don't, you know, I mean, if Stafford came here, I think he would say, okay, so I'm handing the ball off a lot, huh? Like that still wouldn't make sense to him. And it shouldn't make sense. And Maurice chimes in here on, on YouTube again. When you have a great running back, you lean toward running. And that's obviously what the Vikings are doing, but that doesn't win you a Super Bowl in 2020. And do you really do it on second and 18? The Vikings do all the time. <laughs> no, I know they do, but I'm, but I'm just saying when you break that statement down, right? Yeah. It's now second and 18. You are backed up, up against it. What are we going to do? A gap power. Huh? Just jam the rock. Yeah, what? Excuse me? 
establish the run. All right, who's next, Declan? Vikings in that line, recapping, but mostly looking forward, presented by Corona Hard Seltzer. Let's go to our youngest Vikings fan, Michael, who's been pounding a Welch uh, grape juice as well during this uh, in in the green room. Michael, (laughs) what's going on, buddy? Nothing much. Michael, how how would you fix the Vikings going into 2021? I would really keep what we're doing, but probably with our first-round draft pick is get an offensive lineman. Because if you get an offensive lineman, you're taking a shot at upgrading, and then you got New England Patriots guard, I think, that's coming out into free agency. I like expen- it. Might be a little expensive, though. That's the problem again. Yeah. The cap space. Because it's coming down. If we had, going down. Yeah, if we had enough cap space, I'd say probably take a shot for J.J. Watt. Because he's a left <laughs> end. And Daniel Hunter's a right end, so. J.J. Watt would be super fun. Michael, thanks for joining. We appreciate you being a regular here on Vikings. Ooh, J.J. Watt, Daniel Hunter, that'd be good. I mean, I love it. I like yeah. it. That would be Thanks, super man. fun. But you've got, like, if you have, if you only have, let's say, one big shot in free agency, depending on where the cap space shakes out, and you have one big shot in the draft because you don't have a second-round draft pick, you basically have two poker chips to throw on the table to – Get a team that was seven and nine, in addition to guys coming back on defense. A team that yep. was seven and nine, yep, and had holes all over the place to being a Super Bowl contender. What do you what do you do with those poker chips? I'm That's predicting the- right now that the head coach is going to request that the first pick th- that the Vikings have be used on a three technique to play alongside Michael Pierce. That's my guess. He will. I I think I 100 think that he will request that that first round pick is used on either a three tech or a defensive end. That's my guess. We should, I think he's know. happy at cornerback, right? And you can't draft a corner again first round. I wouldn't, wouldn't be, it wouldn't Sa- safety. I think they'll take one within the first three rounds, but I don't think they would use a first round pick on a safety. Dude, what, what if, if dude, he's if, going to want to go defense though. No if, Pat, if Patrick Sertan is sitting there in the Viking, whenever, wherever the Vikings are drafting, like 14th or something. I like that kid. I like him. You a lot. know, Mike Zimmer is going to be banging on the door of that war room. All right, who's next, Declan? God, let's go to uh, Braden. Braden, you're on Vikings event line. What's up, buddy? Hey, afternoon, guys. How's it going? What's, up, What's up, Braden? How would you fix hey. the Vikings? Um, well, so just to be clear, like, since it's kind of going back and forth this episode, are we doing next year or, like, previous, like, two, three years down the line? I mean, we're looking at, I would say, 2021, but a window of, like, the next three to five years, if you so choose. Okay, because, like, obviously, Zerman, Spielman, they're not going anywhere next year. So my thing is, I don't know it's really been addressed yet, is I'm all for picking up uh, offensive guard and free agency. Uh, like the guy said, Dunny, Sheriff, I think they're going to be a little too expensive. There is a few others available. If we have to backload someone's contract like we did with Cousins, it's what we got to do. But as for the draft, what I'm thinking is because what I've seen, and I think personally we should be calling the Jags or the Jets and even though they want their two, we should be swapping for like two or three of those middle round picks. Not middle round, but like second and third round picks. Yeah, I I, I think, well, I like, I like where you're going with this. So you're saying, essentially, you're looking to stockpile 
additional second and third round picks so you can beef up your roster with more volume of picks well, even, as opposed to even so if we get the 21st pick i know you guys aren't gonna like it but like judd's not huge on hunter Mackie, you you're not i don't know if you think hunter's gonna come back you guys said maybe dt for a line i think rosa gregory rosa might be available so take that and then with that early third round pick you get Go Ogar or O tackle with Alex Leatherford, and you pick the O guard up in free agent. I like I like uh, Braden's so, already doing deep dives into so teams here that I have not studied yet, and I love it. <laughs> Cleveland stay at right guard in your world. You then you, you could put him to left tackle because Riley, we all know Riley Reef and all right. the people are going to be gone. I don't want right. to talk about that anymore. We've talked about that all year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and you know then what? after that, you're going to have a few more picks, and then you address possibly your safety, uh, Andre Cisco. He might go late because of the injury. He has the talent. Braden, I think everything everything you just said sort of starts with, and thank you. We'll jump into some other callers here too. Thank you for jumping you on. Be. Always brings the insight. Um, the Daniil Hunter situation is one that I I don't think I don't think people are talking enough about that Ian Rapoport report before he decided to have the season-ending neck surgery, where Ian Rappaport floated out like, hey, he's considering season-ending neck surgery. Oh, and the Vikings are going to... This is back in, like, September. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the Vikings are going to have a big situation on their hands when he comes back because he wants to be one of the... Actually, he wants to be the highest-paid defensive player in the league or whatever the specifics were. Um, or he'll hold out and demand a trade to another team. Like, that's not just going to go away. So you're you're dealing with two things, trying to figure out, is he healthy enough to come back and play at the same level? Mm-hmm. And B, will he do it for his very team-friendly salary that he's been playing on since he signed that contract? Now you could say, listen, he signed the contract, so you you play on the contract. And you said, say, see a bye, thanks. Right, right. So if he puts you in a spot where, listen, you're gonna have to pay me ten million more. I think he makes like sixteen a year or something, fourteen or sixteen. Um, if he wants twenty-five million dollars a year, you're gonna have to decide. Okay. Well, that prevents us from getting an offensive lineman in free agency. Um, it would be nice just to get him back at the old salary and then add to your team. But th- that whole discussion is such a can of worms that has yet to really be opened up at all. And it will in the next two or three months before the league year starts. And I and and to be clear, when it comes to Hunter, I like him a lot. What I'm saying is what you can't afford to pay him. And and he can so if Cook had held out going into the last year of his contract. His contract basically tolls then. And he do, and he, he goes from being a unrestricted free agent to restricted. So the Vikings had him. Like the Vikings had him. He had to show up. Hunter's got time left. So if you say, no, we're not going to pay you, he can say, I just had surgery on my neck. I'm a Pro Bowl player the last time that you saw me. And I'm playing for dirt cheap. I am not going to play for dirt cheap. So he actually could say, see, ya, I'm not going to play. Um, so th- this to me is not comparable to what Cook had, because in my opinion, when it came to Dalvin, the the leverage was in the Vikings hands. When it comes to Daniil, it's in Hunter's hands. Mm-hmm. And so we need to we need to accept the fact that if the Vikings balk and they say we're not going to pay you and we're not going to trade you, that come the start of training camp 2021, he's not going to show up. Mm-hmm. but i like him a lot he's a great player like don't say i don't like him that's not he, true he is but like i mean if it, this is where i'm at with him there's questions about his health mm-hmm. and then if he's going to play hardball with a contract that's another high maintenance thing 
as great as he is, if a team said, we'll give you a first round pick for him, it's a no brainer. I take it and I run. Mm-hmm. If it's a second round pick, I think about it. I think about it. And and people are going to say, well, my God, like, how are you going to, who are your pass rushers? I don't know. I don't know. But I also know that you don't win a Super Bowl by paying a non-top five quarterback as much as you're paying Kirk and by paying a defensive player more than any other non-quarterback in the NFL, Correct. if that's what he wants. Yeah. So who's up next? Declan? Let's go to our sports bro, Nick. Nick, what's up, buddy? Nick. What's going on, guys? Um, Before we fix the Vikings, can I say that the only takeaway from that game was, have you ever seen two NFL quarterbacks (laughs) play so good and thrive when it is garbage time and meaningless and pad their stats? They're just like the Spider-Man looking at each other. So <laughs> they should replay that game on uh, NFL's whatever. Is there like an ESPN classic channel left that they really run old games on? We need like garbage time classics. Matt exactly. Stafford, Kirk Cousins lighting it up today, baby. <laughs> or the NFL Network top 10. Just put them on the list. One and yes. two. Um, how we fix the team. Get a time machine. Go back to the day after we beat the Saints with that fluke win. And don't extend either of the top three guys, their quarterback, GM, coach. You had no need to do any of this. No need. They all could have played for their contracts this year. It doesn't make any sense. As a Vikings fan, think how good you would be feeling right now, even with this pick. If you knew, all right, well, bad season, but the coach is going to be gone. The GM's going to be gone. The quarterback's going to be gone. We can do whatever we want. It's a clean slate. I would just be ecstatic, but now it's like everybody knows we're going to be 10 and six, maybe 11 and five next year. And we're always going to be teetering on this 10 and six to seven and nine. It's, it's not fun. It's not fun, man. Yeah, that's exactly right. But but then the other, you know, I think what, what people would say is, okay, but be careful what you ask for, because if you start to fire some of these guys and then you go draft a quarterback and you whiff and things erode, how willing are you to risk 10 years of Jets or Browns level futility? I don't think it would get that bad. I don't think the risk is as great as some people think when it comes to like moving off a quarterback or a coach. But but like how willing are you to risk 10 years of just absolute garbage if you whiff on these things? You've been saying it the whole year. We want a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll risk it all. What? It's, it's obvious, man. I'd, I'd risk it all. So now I would just. I'm more of just a Kevin Spansky and a Browns fan, seeing the coach we let get away. Yeah. Watch him Playoff coach a little now. bit. Yeah, exactly. Where Mike Zimmer isn't. So uh, even um, O-line first round, I'm looking for uh, my quarterback for in two years, even if the, for, for the O-line to help him in the next two years. Um, and like you guys already said, Kirk, they never really gave him everything. Granted, like weapons-wise, he has everything, but O-line-wise, he's never had everything and never actually got to cook. So, hey, it's, it's just a failed experiment all around. The contract should have been done this year. So, yeah, what can you do? Yeah. Thanks, yep. Sports bro, Nick, thanks for jumping on. See you, sports um, real quick, too, for those of you still hanging out with us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. If you're watching on either Score North Facebook or Twitter, uh, we would love for you to click the subscribe button on our YouTube page. So you can get those videos and you can click the little bell for notifications that let you know when we go live and uh, you'll get those daily Vikings discussions delivered 
into your YouTube feed. You can also find Purple Daily anywhere you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. Do you know what I don't get off next point? I don't get why exactly. So, so they extended Cousins last March uh, to reduce his salary cap hit for 2020 because they were basically so up against and over the cap. Here's what I don't get. Why didn't they sit down and discuss how Mike likes to use his QBs and basically acknowledge the, the fact that they were bringing in young cornerbacks, which who we knew would struggle. Like their struggles were the least surprising thing. And they improved, I think. But we expected that they wouldn't be good. And for a lot of games at different times, they weren't. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you have said, okay, we, we can extend Kirk here and buy ourselves some salary cap space for 2020, which might be a dicey year. We really don't, don't know, which by the way, to say that sometimes is absolutely fine. It's just being truthful, um, at least internally. Or, you know, let's try and create salary cap space from elsewhere, but not with Kirk. Because Nick is right. Like this, this would be painless and seamless if you could have said, we took a shot three years ago at we thought was a Super Bowl recipe led by this QB. And you know what? We were wrong. But that's fine because now it's done and we, we can now hit the reset. I am a little bit confused why that conversation in particular with Spielman, Zimmer, the Wilfs, Brzezinski was not had to find a different way to create some cap space. Why did it have to be Kirk? And be, because you, you knew the second that, that contract got signed, you were basically tying yourself in again to a guy mm-hmm. who the head coach I'll go back to saying it, in my opinion, really does not trust or value like the contract does. Yeah. Here's another thing, too. When we talk about the contract, again, it's like, this is what's this is what's tough is you can acknowledge that Kirk Cousins is a very good NFL quarterback. And at his best, when all things are perfect around him, he can play at even close to an elite level. We've seen stretches of that. Right. <clears throat> is he able to carry a team to a winning record and playoffs, et cetera? when things aren't perfect around him. And historically, in the six years he's been a starter, the answer has been no. And so when we have these discussions, the number one thing that always gets thrown back at us is, you guys, what are you complaining about? The going rate for a franchise quarterback is what it is. Average annual value of like $30 million a year. To which I would say, okay, well, if everybody jumped off a bridge, are you jumping off a bridge too, right? How many times did your parents tell you that when you were a kid? I'm going to give you a list once we get past like the Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, part of this, like the guys who are making the top dollar, actually Deshaun Watson starting, I think next year is up in that $40 million range too. But here are the guys that are getting the, it's just the market value going rate number Mm -hmm. for a quarterback. And you tell me where these franchises are at right now. Okay. Jared Goff and the Rams are, you know, fighting for their lives to get in and, I think the Rams are probably um, – I think they were Super Bowl contenders like a month ago. Wouldn't shock me if they made a run, but they're in kind of a tough spot because they had to pay Jared Goff $33 million. They had to let right. a couple of weapons go, right? But I but I also know in that case, at least, that the coach actually thought Goff was good. And they also like, surrounded Goff with a system. Like if Mike signed off on doing. Kirk, right, and be like, I love Kirk, and I'm going to use – I'd be like, okay, I'll back off now. Yep. But what I'm saying is he doesn't. It's yep. really clear. But again, so this this exercise is non-elite quarterbacks that are making the going rate of, you know, sure. 20% of yeah, your Jared, overall yeah. team salary cap. Uh, Carson Wentz and the Eagles. Where's that franchise at right now? Total disaster. Trying to trade Carson Wentz, which Dak, they're not going to be able to do. 
Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Now, now, even if he was healthy, I don't think that team, you know, I thought that team was going to be better going in. But he's franchised, healthy, but, at least. Like, that could be done tomorrow. Yeah, but, he's, but he, he still eats up a huge percentage. Sure, of but at least you're not number. stuck forever. This feels far more stuck. Matt Ryan and the Falcons. Where's that franchise at? You know, because they're paying, again, a non-elite quarterback going rate, market rate. And there's more on this list, too. But I just think you got to be really careful. If you're going to give a, a non-elite quarterback the money that, that these teams are giving these guys and the Vikings are included, you better be doing everything you can to empower and surround that quarterback with the resources, with the blocking and everything. And if you're not, then what are you doing with that money? It doesn't make sense. You might as well just put a handoff like a jugs machine back there to hand the ball off and throw slant routes. So who's next, Declan? Vikings vent line here, fixing the Vikings for 2021. Let's go to Alex. Alex, you're on Vikings vent line. Hey, fellas. Um, glad to be back on the show. Um, how many – can you guys hear me fine? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. How many times has, as you're saying, uh, the offense is a problem? Um, how many times has Kirk Cousins actually had the quarter, lead in the fourth quarter and defense is gone? Defense this year, to me, is the, major, is the real reason why mm-hmm. – the season was a disaster, and once again, the season's a disaster, and they go seven and nine. Typical Vikings disaster <laughs> every season. Um, I think uh, the one thing that aggravated me the most today was they had a chance to play their young offensive lineman, and they simply did not. They could have moved Ezra to left tackle, moved Chris Hinton in the guard, or Udi. He could they could have played him, but then Gary Kubiak came out in the middle of the week says that uh, Rashad Hill deserves a start at left tackle. We know who Rashad is; he's a great swing come in, back up the other offensive linemen. And I think the offense is – I don't think the offense is a problem with this team. I think they need to throw a little bit more, maybe balance it out a little bit more. Um, but getting rid of Daniel Hunter would be in the same situation that they're in this year, no pass rush. They need players like Daniel Hunter to generate a pass rush. I, I, so I think that is the biggest, re, um, the biggest issue is they need to – you know, shore up that defensive line and shore up the trenches because if you don't win the trenches, you don't win. Yeah, I think the one this is this is where you have to get creative with your with your cap, right? If Daniil Hunter wants a bunch more money and he's going to be a pain in the ass and you're unsure about his neck, what I would lean on if I'm Rick Spielman is, okay, we have to swallow hard on this and this sucks. We're going to have to trade Daniil Hunter now. But as a franchise and as a general manager, we've been really good at finding edge rushers. I mean, look at what whether it's through trades or free agency or draft picks, Everson Griffin, Brian Robinson, I think was I think Brian Robinson was drafted the first year Spielman was in the front office, although he may not have been around for that 07 draft. Judd would have to think back to that. Um, Daniil Hunter, even Adenabo is a pretty good pass rusher. So if you like Derek Falvey says this with the twins that if you if you're good at developing one position and he's good at developing pitching then you should spend your free agency money on the other things. Like go get a Nelson Cruz in free agency because you know how to develop pitching for cheap. Uh, Theo Epstein did this with the Chicago Cubs and Red Sox. He really couldn't develop pitching. So guess what? They developed hitters and position players, and then they went and spent their money on pitching. So for the Vikings, if they if they feel like they can develop pass rushers, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily pay Daniil Hunter $25 million when I can go draft the next guy. So There also comes a time where – they're going to have to sit down and make decisions about who gets paid. Cousins got paid. Cook got paid. Um, you know, they're paying. So you can't just keep paying. Um, so at, at some point for the betterment of the franchise, you have to decide who gets paid and when. 
And that's why that's why this is a league that is set up for essentially pendulum swings. Like you, like you, most teams cannot just be good consistently. They're, they're going to go up right. and down, and that's why the Vikings are going to have to look at their their well, young players and veterans and start to, to decide who's going to get paid. Because if you're paying Cousins and you're paying Cook, and now you know what, Daniel Hunter, here's yours. Well, then I don't have enough to pay that next group of guys that I want to hold on to. So it's a it's a balancing act, but. A, this goes back to what I'm saying is this franchise needs to decide where it's at and what its philosophy is on approaching how to try and win a Super Bowl, not just how do we win nine games here, 10 games here, oh, we're right. down to eight, now we're at 11. They kind of did that with the cornerbacks, though. Like they, Mike, yep. Mike Zimmer knows he's good at developing cornerbacks. He's like, I'm not paying you guys what you guys want, so I'll go with rookies. I think you need at least one elite pass rusher you know, to make it – because we saw we don't have any this year. We saw – yeah. I mean, a sad fruit could have had a dinner back in the pocket today, you know. So it's just – I mean, I understand what you're saying, and I, I think you need to pay at least – I think every team needs to have one great pass rusher, a, uh, a great quarterback. Quarterbacks – see, to me, the, the thing with the quarterbacks is supply and demand. How many people in the world can be a uh, high-quality NFL quarterback? Now, Grant Cousins is not like Mahomes level, but he's, you know, maybe mm-hmm. one of 13 people – who can play at the quarterback position well. Yep. Yep. Alex, hey, thanks for jumping on, man. Appreciate your your questions here as we look to fix the Vikings going into 2021. He just went down the path that that goes back to the Dalvin Cook extension. Who do you want to pay? Quarterback? Okay, that's cool. Defensive end? Okay, cool Mm -hmm. too. Cornerbacks? I get that one. No matter how good Cook is, it doesn't fit into the really wise move to say, and now I'm going to make my running back rich. Mm-hmm. Like like Dalvin Cook just had as good of a year as he can. He was outstanding, phenomenal, Pro Bowl, All Pro, all of that. Right? Mm-hmm. They're seven and nine. Mm-hmm. It's a it's it's a luxury to pay a running back, and the Vikings didn't really have that luxury. He's but like a fourth so car, good. Right? Yeah, he's by like way, I got this fourth car. I don't drive it much, but it's great. By the way, Zach Olson chiming in here in the YouTube comment sections. Let's hear a list now of franchises with non-elite quarterbacks with cheap non-rookie contracts, meaning the going rate for quarterbacks is what it is, right? And I think what you're getting at, Zach, is once a quarterback comes off his rookie contract, whether he's elite or not, if he's a starting quarterback, then he automatically gets to make like 15 to 20% of the salary cap, to which I say, then refuse to pay it. You don't have to give a guy an ex- now. The, the Vikings gave Kirk an extension because they were trying to flatten out his salary for this year because they sure. thought they could you know clear some space and be contenders. And then COVID hits and Michael Pierce hops out and they just got unlucky. Um, but what what I am saying, just to be a hundred percent clear, is if you draft a quarterback and and you play out the five years like the Bears have with Mitch Trubisky, and he is not a, a definitive top ten quarterback that you're looking to build the next decade around. Say goodbye and draft again. That's what I'm saying. Well, well what, what's the what's the worst that can happen? Like Christian Ponder went ten and six, despite the fact that he was garbage, because the Vikings built a great roster around him and Run it back again. And if you think that you have that QB, which the Vikings sort of do, okay, his name has to be atop the marquee for every show. It has to be, or you or you don't do it. Like if you're going to say. 
We need a good but not great QB who I I like and I can rely on and I don't hate his guts because he doesn't fumble or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's fine. But then you go find that guy because they're there too. Um, But if I'm going to pay a quarterback elite QB money, Phil, he needs to be on the top of my marquee for every movie that I show in my house. Mm -hmm. Like he has to be. Yep, and, and and it's a fair thing. Who do we got next, Dex? Let's go to a uh, Coney. Did I get it right this time? No, Okuni. Yeah, <laughs> you got him. God, we're gonna we're gonna play a game where Okuni just calls in every single day until Dex gets his. Well, name. then you get it. Yeah, <laughs> he'll get it soon if we do that. But uh, uh, I just want to say Happy New Year's and thanks for having me on. You too, you too, Okuni. And uh, okay, so this off season is going to be really important. I think what we need to focus on is the trenches, like everyone's been saying, offensive line and defensive line. I mean, people were just running all over us this year. I mean, it sucked that Michael Pierce opted out, but if Daniil comes back and Michael Pierce comes back, who else do we have? I mean, Odenabo's good, but he was supposed to be the guy to step up this year, and he didn't, you know? And then who's that third guy? Is it Shamar Stephan or Julio Johnson? I oh no, the interior no. of the line has to change completely. Exactly, exactly. To. You know, and then on the offensive side, I mean, Gary Bradbury and uh, our rookie—I forget his name—they're getting pushed all over the place. You know, how many times have we seen it on third and five or second and five? And then they, you know, blitz, and then you see Garrett Bradbury in uh, uh, Kirk Cousins' pocket before like within two seconds you know like, Dozier, too. and ugh, don't even I mean, get me started on he sacked cousins like three times by himself <laughs> this season. it was impressive starting the game kirk cousins tripped over him twice in the first two plays like how does that happen you know i'm just i'm like can't can't somebody else like Colin hinton start instead of dakota dozier i mean we have all these rookies that i would love to see play i mean i didn't see um Oh, I forget his name on defense. Uh, rookie seventy. Chancellor? Oh, no, no, no. He's on the line. He was hurt. DJ Wanham? No, not DJ Wanham. Lynch, Lynch, Lynch. Lynch. James, yeah. Oh, James we got Lynch's. Lynch. Yeah, we got. A ton of I think on he would be uh, a good, you know, guy to uh, start alongside uh, Pierce. But um, those two positions have to, you know, be where we start. And then, I mean, I have to ask you guys with Anthony Harris. Eric Wilson and Anthony Barr. Those are, Anthony Barr has a really big contract. Anthony Harris is coming up on the franchise tag, and Eric Wilson is coming up on a contract year. You know, who would you guys keep, let go, like, I guess, kill? I mean, F, Mary, kill. Eric, Eric, Eric Wilson I try and keep. Barr okay. is gone. I clear cap space there. Harris, gone. Like, I can't. He he made eleven point three mil on, yeah. on the franchise tag and had a terrible year. Good guy, and I do think he I do think in a defense that has cornerbacks who you can rely on, he could be a good player. But I can't pay him. So of those three, the only one that I really put a priority on keeping is Wilson. Mm-hmm. I agree, and I really think Kirk Cousins needs to uh, take a uh, pay cut this year to help out the team if he's a team guy just so we can have a little bit more room to possibly get you know some help some better help on the o-line because we need bigger guys we can't just keep getting pushed around like that if we can get at least one guy to for offensive guard i think the offense will do fine we don't need anything perfect i mean kirk has shown this year that he can move around a little bit if we can have a confident 
O-line that can give them some time just to sling that ball around. I mean, we have weapons for days. I mean, can we please fix the O-line this year, Rick Spielman? I think his Rick Spielman's job is going to rely on what he does this offseason because we don't have the draft picks. I mean, I know he's a whiz and he can find later draft picks and find good guys. You know, Rob Brzezinski is like a cap genius. I don't know. But this offseason is really going to be key for him and Mike Zimmer. I, Mike Zimmer's got to just change his whole philosophy and start thinking aggressive. Offensively, we got to be way more aggressive. And defensively, I mean, we barely blitzed this year. I mean, is that just me or do you guys agree? On the on the blitzing front, I'd have to go back and look on everything else you're talking about. I think I think we're pretty much in lockstep here, Okuni. Thank you for coming on. Hope to see you no again. Problem. Happy New Year, man. On Vikings vent line here. Um, I think the the offensive line thing is really interesting because if Garrett Bradbury is a bust and you have two open guard spots, I don't know that you can just fix that in one off season. I think I think a lot of the offensive line success is predicated on not only nailing a let's say a first round pick or a, or a free agent let's say a free agent left guard or something, but also in nailing the Garrett Bradbury pick from two drafts ago. And right now it's I wouldn't call him a complete bust yet, but he hasn't panned out to the level that they had probably hoped when they identified him as the most NFL ready starting center in the in the first round two years ago. Yeah. I'd agree. Uh, and so I guess my question becomes guard wise too. Do you like Dakota Dozier has to be replaced. He just has to be. Now, are you going to cut reef, which I think you're probably going to do and switch Cleveland to left tackle. Like there, there's again, going to be a lot of potential moving parts there. Um, defensively on the blitz question, I think Zim, I don't think loves to blitz period, but two is I don't think he's going to blitz a lot because he didn't trust the back end. That's the, the problem, too, is like Harrison Smith appeared to not have a great year at times, but I can't decide if he wasn't playing well or the rest of the defense was just so exposed that the ordinary freelance stuff that he can do so well couldn't be done. Yeah. And so he still tried it and it didn't work or what. Um, it, the defense just broke down so badly. But the one the one thing I know that without a shadow of, of a doubt that's as clear to me as the problem with Dozier at left guard the one thing that we know is the interior of that defensive line was brutal. And Jalil Johnson and Shamar Stefan really can't play. And they might be backups, don't know on that. But I can tell you that both of those guys, if they are starting on opening day of 2021, something has gone oh really wrong there. They can't. So, like, to me, that's a non-debatable. They have to be replaced. This team has had a history of what, Phil? Good nose tackles and three techs, right? Like, they've had some really good good ones this is as bad a combination inside i think as i've seen since i started to cover this team full-time in in 2005 it was awful hey i don't know i don't know what all these other starting offensive guards did today like damian lewis from seattle has been pretty bad with penalties but dakota dozier came into today's game leading the nfl among guards in pressures allowed and he was he had allowed the third or he had taken the third most penalties. And I know he had at least one penalty. He today. took one today. Cleveland had one. He had one and O'Neal had one. So he, he may finish first in pressures allowed and second in penalties taken among guards. And here's the maddening thing. They saw him play in a backup role last season and deemed him worthy of competing for a starting job. 
and they ran him out there for the whole season. I like, know it, this is bonkers, man. But explain like like that's a thought process I just can't get my head around. God. It's like you saw this guy struggle in short stints in 2019. You gave him a chance to win the, the job, which he clearly did by default in training camp. Mm-hmm. And then, as you just said, you ran him out there all year long. Because, well, and here's the sad thing. You partially did that because your right guard before Cleveland stepped into that role was so bad. It made your left guard look good. And so, you know, in the NFL, you might drop back, you know, 40, 45 times in a game and a bad day at the office for an offensive lineman. uh, Let's say it's 45 dropbacks. A bad day at the office is if you allow four or five pressures. That's considered bad. It's a little bit like umping in major league baseball right if you miss a call at first base well you might only miss like one per game or two per game but that's bad compared to to other umpires right and if you compare it just to some of the other guards who who played a majority of snaps for instance uh, i'm just going to pick some random guys out here like um wyatt teller for the cleveland browns allowed 10 pressures all season um who's another guy here ben powers from baltimore allowed seven pressures all season in uh, in Baltimore. So we're talking about like 30 or 40 more pressures, just immediate up the middle. And those up the middle pressures, the Vikings don't have a quarterback like the Baltimore Ravens. You guess what? If Ben Powers allows some pressure up the middle, Lamar Jackson might get, get to scoot out of the pocket and still make a play, right? Kirk Cousins does not because he's just not able to. Oh, he gets hit you know, instantly. Correct. All right, Dex. Let's go to uh, CJ. CJ, you're in Black is Bentley. What's up, buddy? What's up? Hey, it's CJ. Uh, we can't muted. hear you. Can't hear you. Uh, still can't. Still can't. Let's put CJ in the waiting room here. For sure. Hey, Bob from Pennsylvania has one last thing that he wants oh, to say. By all means, please. Bob, what's up? Judge, you notice that emblem? I love Judge, Mets you the emblem on top of the hat. I like Are you a it. Mets fan? No. <laughs> I'm not. Oh, oh, to Oscar right. Madison, my man. Odd couple. He always wore the Mets hat. Why, right. do, why do half of us have Mets? I can respect right? that. I so, can respect that. Not a Mets right. fan. Here's my other TV fan. All right, Oz. Hey, here's my other point. Since Kirk Cousins throws the ugliest screen pass in the NFL, <laughs> why don't we draft? Why don't we draft a guy? who throws the most beautiful screen pass in college, and his name is Mac Jones. Wow. Number 10, Fran Targington's number, by the way. Wow. SEC quarterback, similar, you know, the same league that Targington was in anyway. He also throws a good, a great deep ball. He's a winning quarterback in big games. Nobody ever talks about him. And I'll tell you what else he does. He takes a three-step drop, and he gets rid of the ball no matter what. And that's it. Not like Cousins, who was in the shotgun. And, you know, he'll take a four-step drop after he's been in the shotgun. So I like Mac Jones. I think the Vikings could develop him. Their defensive line, you know, a lot of uncertainty. I mean, I don't see them being a major contender in two years. They're going to have to restructure things. So, hey, let's let's draft Mac Jones. Bob, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. If it it leads to, I think if it leads to 10 screen passes to Dalvin Cook, then you're getting your money's worth out of your running back every game, 10 every game. 
160 screen passes a year to Dalvin. Actually, it's more like 130 because he's going to miss three. But uh, I'm I'm here for Madison. Mm-hmm. Amen. Like Madison. Uh, Great what about, stuff. Uh, all right, man. Happy New Year. I, I like the hat, Bob. Bob Thanks, coming Bob. in wearing just Solidarity. a Mets hat. A Mets hat well, and his hot tub. Him. He had more on than a Mets hat. He had shorts so. on. He showed us. I don't know. I don't know. We got one, uh, one, one more yeah. here to wrap this. this Our guy, Paul Ford. Are you in uh, Paul Ford? Are you, are you in the deer stand right now? Well, we can't hear you. No, we can. He's whispering. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, no, we can't hear him. No, we can't. We can't, we can't hear, hear him. We can't hear you. Well, I thought I heard something from him. No, nope, we can't nope. hear him too. I wonder nope. if we're just yeah. having technical issues. Might, might be. We might be. You actually, can we bring Polford back on? Can you just like air dry your take on the screen? <laughs> we got the okay. TJ Fleck thumbs up. <laughs> Skull. 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 Okay. Skull. All right. I love it, man. That or a safety. Right. We'll uh, we'll try it. We, we, this won't be. Show, we we will do more Vikings vent lines between now and Week One next year. We're still formulating. I our hope plan. so. We gotta have some serious draft discussion. Hundred percent agency. Actually, uh, we're, we're, go ahead, Phil. I was just gonna say we're 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 sort of we've been emailing back and forth today, sort of laying out the schedule, and we will begin mock draft Mondays, maybe even tomorrow. Maybe we do, or maybe we do our our normal Viking statements tomorrow, and then we unveil mock draft Mondays next week. We'll so, how how far was the potential uh, fall of the draft pick because of today's thrilling, exciting win? So they are fourteenth right now, and I believe they can get up to thirteenth if the Niners lose. Okay, and if they had I lost, they might have they might have been around ten. Is that right? And there was like a one percent chance they had to, they would get ten. Gotcha. But yeah, it didn't happen. And also, just what's Fields, the worst case here though? So if it's fourteen, the worst. Case? I, I think fourteen is the worst case. Okay. What um, about Justin Fields? Justin Fields is down to like I think seventh or eighth on Tankathon's mock draft. Right oh, now. he is. Yeah. So here's oh, okay. Here's Tankathon. I'm just gonna let me share this real quick for the. Was that before the? Before the uh, semifinal game? Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's a I mean, that was, was I mean, six touchdowns. Up. Yeah, it was a hell of a performance. Can you guys see this? Yeah, I can see it. Good. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this is what tankathon.com. Oh, Detroit, that's, not, that's not good, Dex. They've got Zach. This has to be before he threw yeah. six touchdown passes, right? Yeah. So Zach Wilson, more number Zach two. Wilson moved up to <laughs> Jamar Chase. Uh, Trey Lance at nine. Oh, okay. John Elway again. Ouch. So we have four quarterbacks going in the top 10. Keep going. And then the Vikings taking edge rusher. Edge rusher. Quitty Pay from Michigan. From Michigan. Yeah. How about that? I call it edge rusher or oh. three tech. Mac Jones. Jones, quarterback number five, going to Washington. Can I get a sixth, bud? Nope. No more. Look like it. Do they have a second round? Yeah. They do. They oh, yeah, they do. What are we going They've got the, the Vikings uh, while the Vikings Draft don't have a second round pick. Do they have a third round? Yes, they do. <laughs> it's amazing. amazing. All right, so they've got the Vikings in the third round taking. Yep, that's they, they took defensive took first two, two picks, two defensive players in the Zim, first two picks. The oh, will of Zim. <laughs> Zim says you're taking a oh, man. three technique and a defensive end, and I don't care what else you do. Amazing, amazing. Uh, any final words from you guys here on the last regular season edition of Vikings Ventline? Been fun, thank you. I we appreciate the, the yeah. fact that we've had um, that room seems to be filled most of the time. And uh, the one thing that has impressed me is great takes, and yeah. I'm, I'm totally sincere. I think the majority of the opinions and takes are really spot on and really good. And and I appreciate the 
the conversation as opposed to just not, you know, us taking a take and then not going back and forth. It's been fun to, it's been fun to um, have a dialogue with the people that have uh, been on. Yeah. And by the way, just to answer a question here, it looks like Karuna on YouTube says, when is the next podcast? Tomorrow. We're going to keep this thing rolling daily, baby. Full strength, baby. Keep this thing yeah, going. Yeah, you're tomorrow. back. You're back tomorrow. Viking statements. And by the way, judging by uh, judging by some of the responses on the polls and tweets I put out the last couple of days, zero rust on this guy sitting off the last <laughs> couple of weeks. Zero rust. But yeah, to echo what Judd's been saying, we really appreciate everyone who has discovered this show, whether it's through Vikings Ventline or just our daily Purple Daily discussions. Um, this, so Judd and I have been doing a show together for seven years, Mackie and Judd, you can find our other show, Mackie and Judd via podcast, Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. But, uh, we decided before week one to take what has traditionally been a radio call-in show and use the 2020 word of the year pivot to more of a YouTube and video centric version for our culture, and, uh, for, for our, our culture, culture. <laughs> that is correct. It's been good for, for our culture here. Circle back us. on that notion. But um, and it's been super fun. And yeah. I think we've we've seen the show grow quite a bit. And so we've we've connected with people that probably wouldn't have found us if we were just doing a show on AM fifteen hundred score north radio. It's all you kids so, out there. All you whippers. All, all you ever. young kids out there. We appreciate you. I see Judd trim the Santa Claus beard at some he point did. too. Went to the barber uh on Wednesday. It was it was uh, it was way out of control. And so yeah, I got it trimmed up, but it's not gone. I mean it's still it's still there and it's growing back. So, Do you get the yeah. straight is it the straight razor safe? No, no, he cut it. No. Just like trim yeah. it. Okay. I don't yeah. know. It I don't took a, a lot of work. I don't it know how took, that works. It De- takes a lot of work. Declan's been growing a Vikings Bushy. playoff beard for uh, over a year now, actually. Yeah. A wild playoff beard. Yeah. yeah I'm trying. very excited. Hey, I'm new real, captain. I'm new captain. New yeah. captain. Jared Spurgeon. Shocking. Jared Write that down, boys. I got another <laughs> write that down. Dang. Which, by the way, some foreshadowing as we plan out 2021 yeah. Purple Daily. Write that down. Might be making an expansion. Just gonna say, and really? I want to add a new statistical category to write that down that I think you both, both, both you guys and the listeners will like because we did be like wins above replacement doubles and no, 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 it's not war. It's not war because although that might be because we we right. used to do doubles, triples, homers, and yeah, it got we, too complicated. Should I just full on slugging? Slugging? Percent. Yeah. Should I just tell you what it is? Yeah. Why not? Enough. You just told the rest of the, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. It's called hitting for the cycle. So a cycle. So if you make three predictions that are all quantifiable within the week of write that down and all of them hit you hit for the cycle okay okay so so, so we'd have to so we'd have to attach the prediction to the week that it was made yeah right okay yeah we can we can I, make that happen i we think can sort of color code them because then you're you're trying to hit for cycles so then you have all three that come off the board and you could I have a new, uh, a, a new, what I, what I don't, we'll have a full discussion about I this. I spray the ball around the park. <laughs> what I don't want to happen. Tony Gwynn. I don't want there to be like excessive hunting of bunt singles. Correct. So I almost feel like for it to happen, there has to be at least one home run in the mix. If you're going yeah. for a cycle, but we okay. can, we can have this. Discussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. The, yeah. the twin will play in the second inning. Declan, Declan was going to do three bunt singles yeah. <laughs> the same week. This that we put the cycle in. Didn't you know that? Yeah. That's hilarious. Oh my God. All right, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll dive into that. We'll, we'll bring it to the, bring Thanks, it to the goal. With, with Paul he said, oh, thanks got it, it's on the for the screen. fun this year, you gents. It was a blast. It was fun. It has been. It was super fun. And uh, and like I said, we're, we're going to waste zero time starting tomorrow. We're going to continue with discussions about how to fix this franchise. And we're already, damn it, we're already looking at the combine. 
free agency. We've got our scouting glasses on. Declan's going to start doing Dex film reviews, probably on Mackie and Judd, but stick with us. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys next time on Purple Daily. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.